Yolobondre hastiva kilabanda la kizo salamande. Shabrahida kizo zanze fredialo kondes. Mantakira paradista. Oh, raklero stafahardi. Shalabanda la kizo. Mantakiza hasta la vaharakastish. Oh, thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' precious name. Precious Holy Father, we thank you for tonight. We know that we'll be blessed. We know we will be blessed. Beyond measure, Lord, we know there will be visitations. There will be encounters by your spirit. Lives will be changed. Circumstances will be turned around for good. Thank you, Lord, because you are always faithful. Take all the praise. Take all the glory. In Jesus' precious name. Rana Korea Felasila Vanda Didish. Kiradonza Lavandra Kida Hashtai. Paraglira Fatasis de Mandela Kizo. Ragle Vida Zenzavila Paradista. Lorono Salati Vahande Salabata. I want to share with us tonight what I call the way of faith. But before I begin as a way of introduction, let me share a few things with us about faith. It's important for us to understand that our life. As Christians and as believers is a life of faith what we call life what we call existence is actually a reality that is couched in what is called faith so we need to understand the subject of faith the Bible said in Romans chapter 1 verse 17 it says, hearing is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith the just shall live by faith the same scripture is in habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 he said the just shall live by faith is same in galatians chapter 3 verse 11 the just shall live by faith and hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 the just shall live by faith so this is the reality before the cross this is the reality after the cross if you are not living by faith you are not alive anything can happen to you the devil can take on you any day anytime your life will be a product of chance your life will be a product of happenings but we are not supposed to be caught up in the web of happenings we are actually supposed to make things happen things shouldn't happen to us we should make things happen but the only way we can live this quality of god's life is when our life becomes defined by faith so the subject of faith is very important i'm going to try as much as possible to make it very simple so everybody can interact with the the, the substance and the essence of my communication tonight and um the second thing i want to share now is is that it's impossible for us to please god except by faith god is not pleased by prayers god is not pleased by knowledge god is not pleased by fasting god is not pleased by giving god is pleased by faith our praying will touch god if it is done through faith our fasting will touch god if it is done through faith our giving will touch god if it is give, it is given through faith everything we do that has a reference in the realm of god has only one channel through which it is achieved it is by faith so in hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 the bible said without faith it's impossible to please god it didn't say without prayers it didn't say without giving it said without faith it's impossible there is no way god can be pleased except by faith so if our prayer is not done through faith god is not pleased if our fasting is not done through faith god is not pleased 
if our giving is not done through faith, God is not giving, pleased. So the only way God is pleased is by faith. And if this is so, then it's important for us to understand the subject of faith. I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. Everything we need as mortals is available in the realm of God. It's presently available with God. But what makes what is available with God becomes available with man is the channel of faith. That means everything you need for life is already available. Your lack, the scarcity, the challenge is not in any way suggestive that you are depraved. If there is any form of depravity in your life, it's because you are not able to download from the realm of God. Everything you need right now is already available in God. And the way by which that which is available with God will become available with you is when you activate the order of faith. This is why the subject of faith is very important. Now, what is faith? In a very simplistic sense, faith is the God element that makes the unseen seen, that makes the unreal real, that makes the unavailable available, that makes everything becomes reality. Faith is not a mental accent. Faith is not trying to do something to see what we have. Faith is actually a God element that makes impossible possible. Faith is a God element that makes invincible visible. Faith is the God element that makes the unreal becomes real. What makes the supernatural have a hold in the natural is called faith. That means everything that can find expression in the natural there is an element in god that makes it possible that element is called faith so faith is not what you know faith is not what you do faith is a dimension in god expressed through you that makes what is in god and obtainable in the realm of god available with you so faith inevitably is the creative dimension of god faith is the realm the operational realm of god that is captured within his creativity what makes creation possible that dimension of god that brings creation into being is that dimension that we call faith so the bible said concerning god in romans 1 17 that he called those things that be not as though they were what is he talking about he's telling us something what does not exist in the natural it doesn't exist it's not trying to say it's there but you didn't notice it's not trying to say it's there but it's not available it's telling you practically speaking that this thing is not in existence but it's saying because of faith because of the creation the creative dimension of god this thing is not available but when god sees what is not available he addresses it as something that already existed that means this thing is already in him so faith is what transports that which is in him to become available part-time you see that he said he called those things that be not he's not denying the fact that they are not there they are actually not there but god addresses them as there because they are in him so what makes that which is in god available part-time is an element called faith that is why the bible said in hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 it says it is the substance of things hoped for 
the evidence of things not seen. This thing is not seen. It's not saying it's there, but I didn't see it. No, it's actually not seen. It's actually non-existent. It's actually not real. It said, but the proof that this thing that is not real will become real is something called faith. This is why faith is not something you can make out of your your mental inclinations or mental accent. This is why faith is not something you reason out. Faith is actually a force that creates. Faith is actually a force that brings to bear that which does not exist. There are many people that makes you think because you talk about it, because you act as if it is there, it will become available. It is not acting as if it's there. It's not trying to hope it is there it is actually the force that makes what is not there to be there so for example someone has a need faith is not trying to act as if uh, because if i do like this or i act like this that need will become available no that thing is actually not there but when the faith element is activated it makes it to become there the reason many people struggle with faith is because they think that if we reason it out or the thing that if we believe it is there, or the thing that if we hope it is there, or we act as if it is there, it will become there. The truth is that faith actually acknowledges that it is not there. But faith has in it the inherent power to make it available. It gives faith the privilege for expression. So faith is the proof of existence. The proof of existence is not that you see it. The proof of existence is not that you touch it. The proof of existence is faith calls it existence. The moment faith is withdrawn, that which you see will become a lie. That which you touch will become a lie. If we know this, then we know that nothing is actually impossible. Because that which is impossible is impossible until faith shows up. The moment faith shows up, the impossible is turned around. Because faith is not trying to reason it out faith is not trying to cooperate with the circumstance faith is changing the circumstance to what ought to be and this is why we need to understand what is this faith how does it work faith is the creative power of god faith is the force in god that brings existence to existence faith is the dimension of god that causes everything to happen as God wants it to happen. Now, the beautiful thing this evening is that this faith is not only resident with God. God is so benevolent in all his ways that he decided to share his faith with us the same way he shared his life with us. When God wanted to give us salvation, he gave us life. But when God wanted to give us victory, he gave us faith. Victory is a proponent of faith. He said this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. So when God wants to give salvation, he gives eternal life. When God wants to give victory, he gives faith. Now, this faith that God had, that made God stand when there was nothing, only God was, but to bring existence to be, this faith is resident with us today. This is the confidence that we have. So we are not trying to reason out circumstances. We are commanders over circumstances. Why is that so? Because the origin of faith is such that when nothing was, God made everything to become by faith. So now that we have this faith of God, there is nothing that can limit us. Let me show you a few scriptures very quickly. In Romans chapter 12 verse 3, the Bible said, God has dealt unto us the measure of faith. What does that mean? You know, when God was before anything ever was, God was in himself and God was the only one that was. There was nothing. There was no spirit realm. There was no natural realm. Now, God had no raw material to create nothing. 
All God had was his word. God had nothing and his word is him. So God was the only one that was. Now, everything God wanted to create, the only way God could bring them out of nothing. Now, and it's out of nothing. I want you to know that. Have that at the back of your mind. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere because a lot of circumstances will change today. You know, most times when we want to deal with our circumstances, somewhere in our mind, we are trying to check the advantages that we have that will make this thing happen. For example, somebody doesn't have a business now. Somebody does, you don't have a time. You don't have a relative. You have nobody to support you. And suddenly God says, I'm making you a millionaire. It's natural for you to begin to check who will help me, which business will I do, what will I do. Did you consider the subject of Luke chapter 1 verse 35 to 45? He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. This is God talking to a virgin, the virgin that knew no man. According to biological law, the semen, the, 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 the semen from the sperm, sperm has to fertilize the eggs from the oven. For, 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 for conception to take place. But here is God talking to a virgin that a virgin will be with child. By what law is this going to happen? It's not by biological law. It's by the law of faith. God told her, the power of the highest shall come upon you and something will be formed in you. He said, that thing that will be formed in you shall be called the son of the highest. Imagine if Mary began to reason. Where will she begin from? I am a virgin. I don't know any man. By what means will I become pregnant? How will that happen? All of that negated the possibility of this existence. But when faith comes, faith comes with everything that you need. If it's a connection you need, connection is in faith. If it is money you need, it's in faith. If it's power you need, it's in faith. Everything you need is in that faith. So what you need is to know how to receive the faith and to appropriate it. Look at what the Bible says so fascinating he said god has dealt unto us the measure of faith what does that mean that means everything we ever require in life to succeed it's in that measure so when he said the measure of faith he's telling us that every advantage we need in life every power every capacity we need in life was what god dealt unto us now he called everything we need that is provided for us as faith because faith is that capsule that has the power to bring everything to pass. So he said he gave us the measure of faith. And if you go to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Peter was talking to us and Peter brought us a knowledge. He said, I write unto you, brethren, that have the like precious faith. He's talking to people that were babes. He's talking to people that were novices about the things of God. But he's telling them something. He said, the faith that me, Apostle Peter, has, that's the same faith that you have. My faith is not different from yours. He called it like precious faith. He said, the same quality of faith that I have, that makes me an apostle, that makes me carry out all the wonders and the signs, he said, that's the same faith that you have. So I don't have a faith that is special and different from your own faith. So the same faith that Paul had, the same faith that John had, the same faith that Peter had, the same faith that Nathaniel has, that's the same faith that you have. You may be a babe in Christ, but you have it. Why? Because you have the measure. What it means is that the amount of faith you require to fulfill destiny, that was what God gave to you. And it doesn't stop there. Paul made it even more interesting. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He said, but the life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So Paul stepped it further. At first, he called it the amount of faith, the quality of faith that you need to fulfill destiny. Now, Peter came and said, 
that's the same faith we have that we are doing impact if you heard that peter raised the dead is that same faith that you have if you heard that peter raised cripples is that same faith that you have if you heard that peter did signs and wonders is that same faith that you have and paul came and shifted it further he's now saying it's not just the faith that peter has it's the faith that jesus the son of god has that you and i have so our problem in this life is not a problem of a lack of faith he said the same faith that jesus had and remember everything jesus did he did by faith just the same way everything god ever did he did by faith if you study genesis chapter one everything god did the whole feat god wrought in genesis chapter one was done by faith everything jesus did in matthew mark luke and john was done by faith and paul is now telling us that same faith that god had when he stood upon the waters in genesis chapter one and he commanded light to be he said that's the faith that you have that faith that god had when there was nothing and he commanded dry ground to appear from the water he said that's the faith that you had that same faith god had when he said the sun should be the moon should be he said that's the same faith that you have and he didn't stop there he said the faith of god is the faith that jesus had the faith jesus had when he called lazarus come forth that's the faith that you have so the same faith god had from genesis chapter one which is the faith that jesus had and he he, he manifested god in his brightest form Paul is saying, you have the faith of the Son of God. Now, if you have the faith of the Son of God, why then do you go through crisis? Why then do you go through circumstances that you don't seem to be able to come out of? Even when you decided to, to align with men, to strategize, to connect with people, it's still not working. What is the problem? Why can't your life be like the life of Jesus? Paul is telling us something. It's the way of faith. What is the way of faith? The way of faith is simple is simply leaving your abilities and working with the abilities of God. It means stepping out of yourself and stepping into God. It means refusing to depend on yourself, but depending on God. Why? Because the raw material you have for destiny, which is called faith, is not your faith. It's the faith of Jesus. So for you to succeed, you have to step out of yourself, to step out of, to step into God. For you to succeed, you have to stop depending on yourself and start depending on God. But the problem is that it's not so easy. You can tell yourself, ah, oh, I don't depend on myself anymore. I trust in God. I rely on God. But the moment the circumstance come, you go back to depending on yourself. It's called the way of man. Man always depends on himself. But the verdict has already been passed. He said, woe unto him that put his trust in flesh. He said, flesh will fail. He said, it's like a man living in the parched places of the wilderness where no water is. So it is folly to depend on ourselves. But the problem is that it's not something we just wake up and want to do. There is a protocol. There is a, a, a way. There is, there, is, there is an order of life that helps you to detach from yourself and to cleave to God. There is an order of life that helps you stop depending on yourself and start depending on God. It is that protocol of the spirit I want to share with someone today. I want to teach somebody today how to stop depending on self and depending on God. It's called the way of faith. If you begin to learn it and if you master it, you will discover every time there is a challenge, all you just do is that you use the ability of God to get the challenge done. And you know if you work with the ability of God, you can never have challenge. You can never have any circumstance that will defeat you. If you ever found any man making exploit in this life, he has mastered how to depend on the Spirit of God. 
how do we grow how do we master the art of depending on god which is the way of faith remember i'm going to teach us the principles of faith i'm going to teach us the laws of faith these things don't sound mystical but i tell you they are the greatest force in life the greatest force in life it may not stand sound esoteric but this is going to change your life if you know it and you are going to need to practice these things i'm sharing with you and you will discover your life will turn around for good things will change it will it will be so amazing and the effortless way by which you will get things done will marvel you yourself will marvel because you don't know that god is eager to walk through you jesus said the words that i speak it is the father that is in me that doeth the work jesus mastered how to depend on god we must also master how to depend on jesus through the holy spirit it's called the way of faith how do you depend on god i want to show you a scripture and that's my teaching for tonight i'll round up in one hour i don't intend to take so much time on this i just want to teach this apply it by getting people's circumstances changed right now just by depending on god and you see how it's going to happen and then i'll leave you to go and also practice it right so romans chapter 4 that will be the scripture i would use to explain this to us this evening romans chapter 4 concerning abraham abraham is the father of faith and that's why i want to use abraham for this particular teaching tonight remember god encountered abraham as a young man and told him to leave his country genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to 3 to leave his kindred and to leave his father's house and to go to the land that he will show him what was god trying to teach this man god was trying to teach abraham the way of faith he was trying to teach abraham the way of faith how to step out of yourself and step into me how to stop depending on yourself and depending on me abraham's grandfather nahor was one of the princes of nimrod and nimrod was the one that built the tower of babel in the land of the royal clan he didn't know lack he was a great man i tell you he was wealthy he was rich abraham was not poor god wanted to teach him the way of faith and what god wanted to do was to teach him how to stop depending on himself his lineage what everything that defined his value in himself was what god was detaching him from he said leave your country leave your kindred leave your father's house and come to the land that are you so abraham was learning how to stop depending on himself his family advantage his lineage his country everything that was an advantage in himself god was detaching him from it so abraham would learn how to depend on god and god would tell abraham come to the land i will show you and abraham will find that land by faith and even the child that abraham would have abraham struggled for 25 years depending on on the law of mestra cycle when his wife is in her ovulation and abraham knows that's the most strategic time to get my wife pregnant abraham was depending on eating healthy food that will energize him and cause the release of sperms so that he could be with child and god was watching him and abraham continued like that until he was 100 years old and he became dead he could no longer produce sperms his wife was 90 years old and she became barren not just barren now she was barren but she had gone beyond the stage of childbearing she had gone beyond menopause so at this point god now looked at abraham 
When is your wife's monthly cycle again? When is your wife's time of ovulation? And Abraham realized that the wife's womb was dead. And God asked him, uh, is it watermelon you take to, to, to produce sperms? At that point, watermelon was no longer working. So God now told Abraham, now you are ready to have a child. Remember, Abraham was struggling to have a child. He couldn't have a child. When he went to Hagar, he had a child. But that was not according to God's calendar. So God was teaching Abraham something. It's called the way of faith. God was teaching Abraham how to start depending on himself, to depend on God. And Paul, who was the technocrat apostle, came to teach us the four pillars that every believer must make a practice in order to master the way of faith. Now, if you don't master the way of faith, I'm telling you, money will soon fail. The economy will fail. People, human connection will fail. A point will come when the systems of this world will fail. We are already heading, we are already heading there. The darkness is intense. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the world is going to a place where very soon we will be forced to go against our belief system in order to live. We must learn how to live beyond ourselves. We must learn how to live beyond our confidence in our jobs, our salaries, the systems of this world. We must learn how to live by a superior system, the way of faith. This is why this teaching is such a burden in my heart. And I'm trying to make it very simple so that even a child can learn it and practice it. This was what Paul revealed to us. The journey of Abraham from the awe of the Chaldees into the promised land was a journey of faith. It was learning the way of faith. And Paul began to teach us. In, Gen in Romans chapter 4 from verse 17. He said, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. This is God talking to an impotent man. This is God talking to a barren woman. I have made thee a father of many nations. How can an impotent man be a father of many nations? I told you, he called those things that be not as though they were. He said, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things that be not as though they were. So, faith is not moved by what is happening. Because faith knows there is power to change it. Faith knows there is power to turn it around. Because faith is the creative force of God that he gives to man as a weapon of victory. Faith is the creative power of God that can change circumstances. That's why in this scripture, he told us that God quickeneth the dead. So it doesn't matter even if the thing is dead. Faith has the power to bring life. So faith is not moved by circumstances. It's not moved by what is happening. It is the one that makes what should happen, happen. And it's the force of God. It's a dimension of God. It's a a an element of God in man that makes man do what God does. And Paul is teaching us, how do you grow in this thing? He said, who against hope believed in hope, Romans 4, 18, that he might become the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall thy seed be. I'm going to the sensitive part now. He said, and be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body dead now, his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. He was strong in faith, giving thanks to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. This, you know, if you read the scripture quick and fast, you will not get it. There are four things Paul itemized here. And these four things are what makes and characterizes the way of faith. Any man that lives by these four things is a champion in life. 
What is the first? The first is in verse 21. Although it came last, but it's the first. He said, being fully persuaded at the being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was also going to perform the first thing in the way of faith is that you must be persuaded that what god says god will perform the second thing in the way of faith is that you must not consider the circumstance that's in verse 19 he said and be not weak in faith he considered not his own body dead neither the deadness of sarah's womb i will show you from scriptures all of these things i'm itemizing first be persuaded that god will perform what he has said number two don't consider the circumstance and i will explain what that means number three he said he staggered not at the promises of god so you must build your confidence on the promises of God. And number four, he said he was giving glory to God. These are the four things that makes for the way of faith. You are persuaded in God that he will, he will perform what he has promised. Number two, you don't consider the circumstances. Number three, you don't stagger at the promises of God. And number four, you give glory to God continually. Let me show you from scriptures, taking this one at a time. What does it mean to be fully persuaded? To be fully persuaded is to keep God before you all the time. So much so that what God does not say looks as if it is not even said to you. It is to be dominated with God, to be obsessed with God. To be so full of God that anything that is not of God becomes a lie to you. The problem with persuasion is this. You cannot be persuaded except there is a reference. Without a reference, there can be no persuasion. Persuasion is possible only if there is a reference. There are many people that think they are persuaded in God until the crisis of life hit them. When the crisis of life hit them, it becomes impossible for them to be persuaded in God. The reason is not because they don't believe in God. The reason is because they don't have definite references that validate their persuasion. They don't have definite references that empowers and enforces their persuasion. Every time you lack a reference, your persuasion will be destroyed. You cannot say somebody is a good man unless you have a reference of certain good things that the person did either to you or to somebody that good that you saw him do will become so much a persuasion in your heart that even if they try to say it's bad you will not believe you can't say somebody is wicked until you have a reference you have seen him done certain wicked things that are beyond your imagination so no matter what they tell you about the person you cannot but be persuaded that the person is wicked when it comes to god most times we refuse to have references and because we don't have references, it becomes difficult for us to be persuaded in God. So what we have is a religious disposition. We don't want God to be offended. So we make God feel we believe in him. We tell God we believe in him. But our circumstances always let us know that we are not persuaded in God. How do you build persuasion? You build persuasion by building references. And there are two ways to build references. The first way to build references is by the scripture. You go to the scripture and find out what is it that God 
has done. You sit on those things, you meditate on those things until you are convinced that when God speaks, God does it. This is not a religious cliche. This is a personal responsibility. The Bible said in Romans chapter 15 verse 4, it said the things that were written aforetime, they were written for our learning so that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The things that were written, they were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 20, the Bible said something very, very interesting. I think that's Second Peter now, chapter 1, verse 20. It said, knowing this first, it said, no prophecy of the scripture is of any individual interpretation. Is a prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Holy men of God speak as they were moved by the Spirit of God. So when a man begins to contemplate the word of the Lord and sits on it, there is something the word of the Lord does. He brings him a persuasion that these things are truth. These things not, don't fail. These things are eternal. And a point will come when, even when that man is in the midst of a turbulence, somewhere somehow he refuses to break he just knows that god will come through for him he doesn't know how he can't explain it but he just knows he just knows this is how the prophet the, the word of god brings salvation he brings salvation by creating an unbendable persuasion in your spirit that what god says is true and that what god says will happen so persuasion becomes twofold one it is knowing that god is truth and secondly, it is knowing that God is faithful. Knowing that God is truth means what God says transcends your realm. Your realm fluctuates, but where God is talking from is eternal. So somebody may have cancer. If God says you are healed, you may see the cancer, but you are persuaded that if God says this person is healed, this thing is truth. So you dare to challenge the cancer. Why? The cancer is a fact. Because it has evidence in the visible realm. But what God said is truth. Because beyond the visible realm, even into the invisible realm, that thing will stand. If you look at a man that has cancer in the, in the spirit realm, you will discover there is no cancer on him in the spirit. So that thing is only a fact in the natural. When we say something is truth, the impact of that thing can hit both the natural and the supernatural. It can hit both the... It's, it holds sway rather both in the visible and in the invincible realm. So faith and persuasion in the word of God is believing that God is truth. That means what God says is not only real in the natural, it's real even in the invincible. And even if this word comes to pass, even if heaven and earth comes to pass, what God has said will stand. This kind of persuasion only comes when a man has been dominated by the truth of God's word. Let me tell you how this kind of persuasion works. In Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17, he says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vine, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no head in the store. That means nothing is working. He says, Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. 
I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. That means I am persuaded that God is truth. Even though my circumstance doesn't conform, I choose to believe God's report. I believe the report of God. He said, the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make. That means the circumstance doesn't reveal it yet, but I am persuaded. That's where the faithfulness comes in now. Because God is truth, God is under obligation to be faithful. Because what God says, God will bring to pass. So, persuasion that is referenced from scripture creates something in your spirit. It creates first a pillar in your spirit that God is truth. And it also creates another pillar in your spirit that God is faithful. So you can bank on God. You can depend on God. Only the references of scripture can make this happen. When you begin to go through the scripture, take for example, you have an issue with sickness, you have an issue with your circumstances. All you need to do is to find out what did God say about sickness? What did God say about poverty? What did God say about weakness? What did God say about disfavor? So you carry the scripture, you look for it. The moment you can reference God, persuasion becomes natural. And when persuasion comes, you know God is truth and you know God is faithful. The second way to build persuasion is by your track record. Many believers discard their track records. Once upon a time, 10 years ago, you didn't have school fees. Everything you depended on failed. And then you went to God and you said a simple prayer. And all of a sudden, help came from nowhere. 10 years later, you are now married and your wife cannot put to bed and all of a sudden you are shaking. Where is that God that produced kufis out of nothing? Who told you that God that produced kufis out of nothing is not able to produce a child out of barrenness? The problem is that you have forgotten your track record. Let me show you a scripture. Genesis chapter 18 from verse 10. You will see how men become great. Men don't become great by chance. Genesis chapter 18, verse 10. See what the Bible says. God said to Abraham, and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son, and Sarah had it in the tent door behind him. Sarah shall have a son. I don't want to go into all the details of how Sarah laughed. And in verse 14, God reiterated it. He said, And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did and the Lord, and he said, Is anything, sorry, verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord to do? At the appointed time, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. This was a man, a man important talking to this was god talking to an important man with a barren wife that's double problem but he said i will return i will return i will return and in genesis chapter 21 the bible said chapter 21 verse 1 and the lord visited sarah as he has said and the lord did unto sarah as he had spoken for sarah conceived and bare abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to him. God is truth. God is faithful. 
But Abraham will know this by the dealings of God with him. Look at the funny part. In Genesis verse 22, God came to Abraham. This child that God gave Abraham. God now came to Abraham and said to go and sacrifice this child. How would Abraham doubt? God said, I will visit and your wife will be with child. God visited as he had said and Sarah was with child. Now God said to Abraham, go and kill this child. See what Abraham called it in Genesis chapter 22 verse 5. He said, and Abraham said to his young men, abide here. I abide here with the ass. I and the young lad will go yonder and worship God. Keeping the commandments of God for Abraham now became worship. Why? Abraham could judge from the track record that what God says, God is able to perform it. If you look at Hebrews chapter 11, you will see what was in Abraham's heart. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse... Hebrews chapter 11. I want to show you something, how persuasion is viewed. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17. He said, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son, of whom he said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be. Why did he do it? In verse 19, he said, Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him, in a figure. Abraham knew how he received Isaac. So he knew that even if Isaac died, God who gave Isaac to him from nothing was able to raise Isaac from the dead. So when God told Abraham in verse 22 to kill Isaac, Abraham called it worship in Genesis 22 verse 5. Why? Because there was a track record. God told him you will be with child. God visited as he has said and God gave him a child. The problem, the reason why you are not persuaded is because you have forgotten your track record with God. You were doing a business. You were in a fix. Nothing worked. And in the quietness of your heart, you told God, help me. Help me. And all of a sudden, God helped you. But after five years, you thought it was a coincidence. Now that you are facing a mountain, you forgot the God that helped you when you were helpless. If you can carry your track record with you, you will be amazed how easy it will be to win in life. The way of faith is the way of persuasion. The way of persuasion is the way of reference. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3, the Bible made us understand. It said three nations gathered together to destroy Judah. Jehoshaphat was the king. So in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3, the Bible said Jehoshaphat was afraid. He didn't hide it that he was afraid. He said he was afraid and he went to God. But when Jehoshaphat went to God, Jehoshaphat didn't just go to pray. Jehoshaphat began to provoke the track record that he had with God. He said, I am not thou the God and the ruler over the kingdoms of the hidden. Is it not you that did mighty things with our fathers? Were you not the one that delivered them from Egypt? What was he doing? He was provoking track record. And when Jehoshaphat did it, he became persuaded. And as he was persuaded, God began to act. From verse 15, the Bible said the Spirit of God came upon one of the sons. And he said, he began to prophesy. He said, you will not need to fight in this battle. The battle is the Lord's. 
You see that? Now, the guy knew how to provoke persuasion. Most time you are stranded. You don't know how to generate persuasion. I heard a story. Bishop David Oedeko. One of the faith giants in the world today. He said he came home and they told him the, the daughter was knocked off and had died. And he quickly went to his office. And he picked one or two scriptures. And he was meditating on the scripture. Why? Why? How can this happen? And suddenly, Exodus chapter 23 verse 25 came up. And fire came out of his spirit. He said, and the Lord shall bless thy bread and thy water. And he shall remove sickness from the midst of thee. And he said, none of you shall cast thy young. He said, the years of thy life you shall fulfill. None of you shall be barren. The moment he heard it, he said, no, 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 it can't happen. Light broke out of his spirit. And instantly, the situation turned around. The moment a man is persuaded, the power of God goes to work. But the thing is that persuasion is not, is not something casual. Persuasion comes when you can reference who God is and what God has done. This is the way of faith. So wise men don't even wait for the crisis to happen. Every day they pick a scripture and they remind themselves of who God is in their lives. Every day they remember what God has done. The things God did yesterday. It provokes a faith level in their spirit that God will do it today and God will do it tomorrow. Because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. The second thing that Abraham taught us in his life and Paul through his teaching ministry revealed to us is that the way of persuasion does not exist in oblivion. He said, Abraham did not consider his circumstance. You cannot contemplate on what God is doing and contemplate on your circumstance at the same time. When you begin to contemplate on your circumstance, you make the word of God of non-effect. Remember, Jesus was standing with Peter when he told him, come. And Peter began to walk on the water. And Peter was walking on water. Jesus was there. And Peter could walk on water. All of a sudden, Peter turned and began to look at the boisterous wind. The moment Peter began to consider the sentence, even though Jesus was standing there bodily, Peter began to sink. God will be impotent if you consider your circumstance. The only way God can walk in his glorious majesty is when you refuse to consider your circumstance. Considering your circumstance is not wisdom. Considering your circumstance is to make God impotent. If you want to make the power of God impotent, begin to consider your circumstance. Jesus was standing with Peter, yet Peter was sinking. Why? Peter was looking at the mysterious wind. And instantly, the Bible said, quickly, Jesus rushed and heard him. The spiritual dimension was immobilized. The supernatural dimension of Jesus was immobilized. Jesus had to run to hold Peter with his hand. And he said, why did you doubt? At first, Peter was walking at the supernatural energy of God. But when Peter began to look at his circumstance, Jesus had to rush quickly to hold him. If Jesus didn't rush, Peter would have sunk. Peter would have sunk. Whenever you consider your circumstance, you are immobilizing God. Whenever you refuse to consider your circumstance, you are allowing the power of God to work. This is the way of faith. And like I told you, you have to master these things. Because most times, your circumstance will buffet you on every side. Your circumstance will want to gain your attention. But refuse.
to give your circumstance your attention. The moment you can turn your attention to God, you will discover that something will begin to happen. Now, when I say don't consider your circumstance, I'm not saying act as if your circumstance does not exist. That's not what I'm saying. Faith is not the denier of fact. Faith is rather the refuser of fact to dominate you. Faith is refusing the domination of circumstance over you. It's not denial of circumstance, but refusing circumstances to dominate you. And the way you refuse circumstance to dominate you is not to give to its, its pullings, its pulls over you. Rather, it's to be pulled towards God. How did Paul say to undo this? He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, he said, why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. The things which are seen, they are temporal, but the things which are unseen, they are eternal. So the way to refuse to consider your circumstance is to focus your gaze on God. So when your circumstance is trying to get your attention, focus your gaze on God. And there are two ways to focus your gaze on, on God amidst other things. One is by praying. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication. It says, Let your attention, let your focus, let your gaze, let your heart be focused on God. And the God of peace will garrison your heart. So the way you take your circumstance from your, your realm and plunge yourself into the realm of faith is by putting your gaze on God. The second way to put your gaze on God is by meditation. Most times, many believers, when they have problem, they carry the anxiety with their prayer and they are praying, Oh Lord, please help me. Oh Lord, do something. That's not the prayer. When you go to the place of prayer, don't begin to shout, Lord, do something. God will do nothing. Because God has already done something. You are the one God is expecting to do something. So when you go to the place of prayer, don't start shouting, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, do something. Oh, Lord, do this. No. When you go to the place of prayer, begin to focus on Jesus and pray in the Holy Spirit and begin to remind yourself who you are in God and what God has done for you. A point will come when the pull and the power of your circumstance will break from your soul. When that happens, suddenly you become a ruler over your challenges. What do you do? Say to this mountain, Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 24. Say to this mountain, be thou removed. And if you do not doubt in your heart, you will have whatsoever you say. So saying to this mountain is an operation that is done without doubt. And the way you walk without doubt is to refuse your circumstance from dominating you. If your circumstance is dominating you, you can't say to this mountain. So the first thing you do is that you detach yourself from the mountain. You come into God. When you come into God by focusing, then you can now address the mountain. This is how it works. If you don't come into God, the mountain will be too big. So the second thing about the way of faith is not to consider your circumstance. And not to consider your circumstance means to consider God means to consider the power of God, means to consider the glory of God, means to consider the ability of God. So refocusing of heart is the second way of faith. It's a spiritual intelligence. It's a spiritual strategy that we carry out. Sometimes I have a challenge. I want to pray. And it's difficult for me to pray because my circumstances have literally put me down. I go the way of worship and I begin to play a worship song. And I'm just there worshiping God as if what's happening does not exist. And as I worship God, a point comes when I ascend. I become saturated with God. And suddenly my circumstance becomes small. And then I begin to command my circumstance. If you are commanding your circumstance when you are dominated, you don't know the way of faith. You will fail. 
a thousand times you will fail because you are not using the ability of God. You are using your own ability. Every time you consider the circumstance, what you are doing is that you are comparing yourself with the circumstance. That's what it means. Considering the circumstance means comparing yourself with the circumstance. So you are checking your ability vis-a-vis -vis what the circumstance is throwing at you. But when you stop considering the circumstance, what you are actually doing is that you have entered the realm of God. You are comparing God with the circumstance. And you will discover God is always bigger than the circumstance. So the second thing in the way of faith is refusing to consider the circumstance. In 2 Corinthians, in James chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible said, Of his own free will begat he us, that we should be a type of his first fruit. So when I come before my circumstance, I know Jesus has come before my circumstance. I'm aware. But the only way that happens is because I can tune my heart. I can tune my mind to focus on what God says about me. And suddenly, the lion in me is awoken. The power of God in me, in me is activated. And I can deal with the circumstance. The, the third thing in the way of faith is not to stagger at the promises of God. You know, we are humans. So sometimes we descend to the human plane. And it's natural. When we begin to stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, it becomes difficult for the power of God to go to work. The Bible said, let not him that waver think that he will receive anything from God. He said, let not him that waver think that he will receive anything from God. So when you stagger at done is that you have disqualified yourself. Everything God has to offer, you can't receive it anymore. So staggering at the promises of God is fluctuating between the circumstance and what God says. So today you say, ah, God will do it. Tomorrow you say, ah, can God do it? You go to the place of prayer, you tell God, I know you have done it. And then you come out and you say, well, we are trusting God. Though. We don't know what is happening again. You are staggering at the promises of God. To stagger at the promise of God means to say one thing with your mouth and believe another thing with your heart. Most times, that's where many Christians live. And that's why it looks as if God cannot do what promised to do. You shouldn't stagger at the promises of God. When you have made that declaration, even if the earth comes crumbling, stay with that declaration. Don't change your confession. Refuse to move. I tell myself, I say, I'd rather die believing God than live doubting. I'd rather doubt believing God than live doubting. But the beautiful thing is that nobody who believes God will ever die. Because this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. So the third thing about the way of faith is to refuse to stagger. Stand where you stand. Even if the circumstance is not working. Die believing God. Then live doubting. Because you will need this faith to succeed. There are many things. Listen brothers and sisters. The battle you are fight, fighting today is the least battle you will ever fight. Have you not checked your life? Ten years ago, it was 10,000. Today, what you need is one million. Tomorrow, what you need will be 10 million. So, i rather stay with God and it doesn't work. And I build my faith than to doubt and use something else to get it done. Because if I fail today, I will fail tomorrow. So, I will refuse if I'm failing, it will not be on the path of faith. The Bible said concerning the heroes of faith, it says some died having not obtained the promise. That means faith is not necessarily about results. 
Faith is about who you are. You are a being of faith. He said they died not having obtained the result. He said some of them were sown asunder. Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 33 to 40. Some of them were sown asunder. He said some of them died having not received the result, the reward, the promise. So faith is not about the result. Faith is about who you are. That's why he said the just shall live by faith. We rather die believing. And the beautiful thing is that when we believe, God will always answer. God will always get it done. And we will never change our conversation. We will never change our belief. That's why it's called the faith. In Acts chapter 6 verse 11, it's called the faith. Our life is the faith. And the Bible says we are not of them that draw back unto perdition. That means there is one destination for the man who draws back. is condemnation. He said, when you draw back, your destination is perdition. We refuse to draw back. We stand where God stands. We say what God says. We believe what God believes, what God has said. Even though the circumstances have not yet changed, we will not change. We will stand there until the circumstances change. This is the way of faith. The way of faith is not looking at the circumstances. It's looking at God. It's a looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. We look unto Jesus, not the circumstance. The mountain can remain there for a lifetime. I don't care. But God will still make his triumph. The mountain notwithstanding. I've seen people that had, and, and I'm not saying tolerate anything now, but I've seen people that have worked with seemingly impossible conditions, but they live longer than every other person. A story was told of, either by Smith Wigglesworth now or one of the fathers of faith. He said a young man was sick. He now called all his friends. He had a terminal disease. And then he called all his friends. And he said, please, let's snap together so that we'll keep it as a memorial. Tomorrow I may not be with you anymore, but at least you will always remember me. And then they took the picture with about six of them. Sixty years later, everybody in that picture died except the sick man. The man they thought would die tomorrow outlived every other person that was snapping with him to keep as a memorial. So the circumstance is too small to bring you down. The circumstance can be there. You will still triumph. You are a being of faith. It's not the result of your faith. The faith is what validates the results. So the result will change. But even if it has not changed, it doesn't mean our we will stagger at the promise of God. We will stand where God stands. That's the fourth thing about the way of faith. Of faith are dogged. They are not moved by the result. When they speak, it happens. But even if it has not yet happened, they are not moved. I heard about Smith Wigglesworth. He was praying for a cancer patient. No, the person was dying. And then he came and hit the person hard on the tummy and said, be healed. And the person screamed and fainted and passed out. And Smith Wigglesworth kept going. And they say, oh, he has killed him. And he never turned back. And some people are saying, look at this man. He has killed him. He has killed him. He never turned after like 15 minutes, kept ministering to people. The person now jumped up and started shouting. The cancer had vanished. The person was completely healed. And people started shouting and went to speak with sword and said, Ah, she's healed. She's healed. He didn't even turn back. He was not surprised. Because it's not moved. Whether she faints or she doesn't faint, what I say is that be healed. That's the end. So when the woman was eventually healed, the man of God was not surprised. I'm not saying go and punch people. That's how God operated through him. But what I'm saying is that men of faith are not surprised by the result. They are rather surprised when there is no result. Because they believe this thing like the air breathes. They never stagger. When you want to grow in faith, 
Don't be checking and say, yesterday I healed headache, today I healed cancer. No, you are not growing by what you are dealing with. You are growing by your, by your commitment to the word of God. It's not your circumstances that tell you you are growing. So you say, yesterday I healed headache, today I can heal deafness, tomorrow I can heal blindness, next tomorrow I can heal cancer. That's not the thing. You are growing because you have gained mastery. You stand where God stands. And if you stand there, things will be responding. That's how it works. It's not our stature. It's our commitment to God that reveals our stature. Become a diehard man towards the word of God and refuse to stagger. Refuse to stagger. The fourth thing about the way of faith. You know, when we teach the way of faith, we are talking about the being of faith. When we teach the principle and the law of faith, we are dealing more with the circumstance. So I'm teaching you now how to become a man of faith. That's why I'm not pondering and dealing with the circumstance so much. When I talk about principles of faith and laws of faith, we'll focus more on the circumstance. But the way of faith is about the man of faith. How the man of faith is made. He's a man that's persuaded in God. He's a man that does not consider his circumstances. He's a man that does not stagger at the promise of God. And what crowns it all up is that he gives glory to God. He gives glory to God. People ask questions. What do I do when the result have not yet come? Most people, they while they are waiting for the result to manifest, they drift back to conceiving circumstances. What do you do between the time the decree is made and the time the results come? You give glory to God. You give glory to God. The moment Abraham believed God, he was still important. His wife was still barren. But there was something Abraham was doing. Oh, thank you, Jesus, because I have overcome. Thank you, Jesus, because I'm a father of many nations. Thank you, Jesus, because you are able to do what you have said. What do I do before the cancer vanish? What do I do before the diabetes go? What do I do because before the kidney failure is corrected? I'm giving glory to God. I'm dancing. I'm singing. Imagine how Abraham would look like a clown. A man who was caught 99 years old. Suddenly wakes up and begins to give glory to God. And say glory to God father of many nations i'm the father of kings hallelujah i'm the father of every i'm taking the word they will look at him and say are you okay are you all right what's wrong with you check this man he's going mad he has been affected but that's how the way of faith works god tells you you will be with child and you are not saying oh lord when will it happen oh lord how can these things be oh praise god the lord spoke to me he said i will be with child my son's name will be king and he will rule the world it does not happen yet the Bible said it does not yet appear what we shall be like. But we know that when it shall appear, we shall be like him. So we begin to celebrate. That's 3 John chapter 1 verse 2. Not yet look as if it will happen. But we know that when it happens, we will be like him. So we are not waiting for it to happen. We begin to sing songs of joy. We went to pray for a dear sister. She was bedridden for eight months. And this was witchcraft. The grandmother sent an arrow and knocked her down. She couldn't go for NYC. She was bedridden. One day she reached out to me. This lady had dried up. I'm talking about a beautiful, tall, elegant young lady. She had dried up. And all of a sudden she became like a stick, a broom. Lying down. Sometimes she lies, lays down flat. You can't touch her. Every part of her body is excruciating pain. We went there and we prayed for her, commanded the pain to go. She stood up and was running everywhere. They were excited. 
And after we left, the whole family was overjoyed. After three days, she went down again. I mean, what's this? We went and prayed again. She got up, running everywhere. After this, she went down. We now told ourselves we'll be going there every three, three days. And we ran that routine for one month. One day, we were praying. And the father had told us he was going to change her name when she, is, when she fully recovers. As we were praying, suddenly, a holy anger rose up in my spirit. And I said, what do you mean? How can the devil put us on a routine? We keep coming here every day. And I told the father, if you want to change our name, change it now. We are never coming here again. Affliction will not rise a second time. This thing is over forever. If she goes down, she will die there. But I tell you, she will not go down. And that was the last day we visited. As I speak to you now, the lady is bouncing and kicking. She is strong like Mount Zion that cannot be moved. Why? Because we, we, we learn something. We say, give God praise. Go and celebrate God. If you want to change our name, change the name. It's over. What you need to do now is to give thanks. Many people don't know how to consolidate on their miracle. When they receive their miracle, they are waiting. Will this thing last? Is this thing real? Is this thing true? And the devil now discovers that they are not sure. So the devil comes back. And what they do is that they get that God, they open it. What God approves, they plan. The only way to consolidate as a man of faith is to be a man of thanksgiving. Is to be a man that has mastered the art of giving glory to God. So whenever God says a thing, the moment you decree, you begin to celebrate. My friends know me. Sometimes we leave prayer meeting. We don't even have transport money. When I say transport money, for those who are outside Nigeria, they may not understand it. It means money for your fare, transport fare. We don't even have transport fare to go home. We have to beg or borrow from our friends. But I will stand and tell them, we will take over this world. We will shake this world. The world will not end until we have touched the ends of the earth. And then we'll be celebrating, we'll be jubilating and dancing with hunger. Sometimes we have not even had food to eat. Today is beginning to happen. Why? Because we were persuaded that God is able to do what he has said. Why? Because we refuse to consider our circumstances. Why? Because we did not stagger the promises of God. Why? Because thanks to God. There was a time when I didn't have money to buy suits. There was a time when, before we go to preach, we borrow suits. So the same suit and tie that Apostle Mike used today, tomorrow you see that suit and tie with Apostle B. You see that suit and tie with Prophet C. <laughs> but we gave thanks to God. We told ourselves, this world will not end until everything we need, we get it. And we kept praising God. Sometimes we praise God, we dance. My friend, Mr. Godwin, we go to his house. He's playing the guitar and we are worshipping God. We are jumping everywhere. Sometimes we are even crying. We kept giving thanks. And that thanks that we were giving, we were consolidating on A man of faith is a man that gives thanks to God. The way of faith is what I've just outlined to you. Be persuaded in God. Refuse to consider your circumstance. Refuse to stagger the promise of God. Be strong in faith. The proof that you are strong in faith is that you give thanks to God. The Bible said the fig tree might not blossom. The labor of the olive might fail. There may be no head in the stalk. He said, yet will I rejoice in the God of my salvation. 
because the Lord is my strength. It will cause my feet to be like hinds feet. It will cause me to walk in my high places. This is what we know. We are persuaded. We know that beyond our circumstances, there is the hand of God upon our lives. We give giving thanks. We keep giving thanks. That was what Abraham did. No wonder he's the father of faith. He knew how to walk the way of faith. The way of faith is an assurance, eternal. But many don't know it. When you fail to be persuaded, you immobilize God. When you consider your circumstance, you make God important. When you stagger the promises of God, you make you refuse to give thanks to God. You make the power of God on your inside weak. The way of faith is the way of victory. He said, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. I want to pray for somebody right now. For your circumstance to turn around. I want to pray for somebody right now. For your sickness to leave you. I know that the sickness have been there for 10 years. I know the blindness have been there for 20 years. I know the cancer has been there for 30 years. I know you have tried many things. You have submitted your CVs in 30 institutions. I know they've turned you down. But the Bible says something. It says whoever is born of God overcomes the world. It said this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. I've shown you tonight that you have the faith of the Son of God. And I've shown you the way of faith. Are you persuaded that God is able to do what he has Are you going to look away from your circumstance? Will you not stagger at the promises of God tonight? Will you give glory to God? Then you are a candidate to receive what I want to give tonight. I want to cause sickness from people's body. I want to command people's circumstances to turn around. He said, though the weeping may endure for the night, he said, but joy comes in the morning. He said, our light afflictions are but for the moment. They work for us an exceeding great weight of glory. There is a weight of glory that is about to come on somebody right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks because you have given us authority to command the mountains that they will move. So everyone listening to me tonight, I command every spirit that is afflicting you with sickness. I bind those spirits and I command them in the name of Jesus, the risen Christ, out of their bodies. I command sickness in your body to be broken right now. I command cancer be gone. I command diabetes be gone. I command hepatitis be gone. I command blood failure be gone. I command kidney infection be gone. I command blindness be gone. I command deafness be gone. I command pains in your body, in your neck, in your spine, in your bones be gone. In the every affliction you are going through right now be broken in the name of the Lord Jesus. I release the life of God into your body. I say everyone that is healed right now, everyone that was afflicted right now, receive healing. Receive the life of God. I release the life of God. I release the power for healing. Is that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power? Who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil? Right now, I release that anointed upon you. And I command the yoke to be broken. I command your captivity to be torn. 
you have submitted your cv in five places they've not called you it looks as if your name is bad luck receive the garment of favor in the name of the lord jesus you are 40 years old you are not yet married and it looks as if you have come to the end of the tunnel i have good news for you tonight by the spirit of favor right now in the name of the lord jesus i i i commission you into your family i commission you into marriage receive marriage receive promotion receive progress in the name of the lord jesus a witch took your clothes and hung it on a tree they brought blood and they made ob oblations and obeisance in the name of the lord jesus by the eternal blood of christ that offered an eternal salvation i command every manipulation of darkness over your life and your family to be broken in the name of the lord jesus ah shabanaki I can see in the spirit now. There's somebody who an issue of insanity. I'm seeing a woman now. It's your son. There's an issue of insanity. Your son has been misbehaving in recent times. Right now, that yoke is being broken. The yoke of insanity. Break from that boy. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You are just cleansed in your mind. You are healed in your mind. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm seeing someone that have a wound in your leg. It's a big sore. It has not been healed for many months right now. Right now, the life of God, the power of healing is coming upon that wound. And that wound is being healed. I'm seeing somebody, your right knee. You've not been able to bend it. It's been locked for a very long time. And it looks as if it's swollen. Right now, that swollen knee is going down. And that knee is receiving healing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Kadarabakoda. Yeah. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. I'm seeing somebody you are having challenge with your breath. Asthma. Right now in the name of the Lord. Breath is clearing off. That demon is leaving you. You are a young lady. I can see you. You are slim. Right now the power of God is coming upon you. You are wearing something like a white skirt. The power of God is coming upon you. That asthmatic condition is leaving. Out of her you devil. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are healed. You are healed. You are healed. You are healed. And see somebody with an issue with your sight. Yes, with your sight. With your sight. God healed a lady last week. I'm seeing another person. It's called short-sightedness. You can't look upon objects that are distant. The Lord is healing you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. I pray over your businesses. It looks as if things are not working. Right now, receive place to prosper you are trying to dominate that land you have not been able to have a headway the city opens to you in the name of the lord jesus in the name of the lord jesus in the name of the lord jesus man your your car was stolen your car was stolen and you have been laboring to get another car and this is like two years now right now the lord is giving you a brand new car not by power not by might but by the spirit in fact, the car that was stolen, I'm seeing it in like a greenish color. But right now, the Lord is giving you a better car. Because it's not going to be by your sweat. It's going to be by the Spirit of the Lord. You are laboring for that car. Now it comes. In the name of the Lord. Of you, your businesses. God is shifting you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I've seen a young man. You are somewhere in the eastern part of Nigeria. You have, had, you have had an extra year for two years now. And it looks as if that cost, they won't let you go. 
you have failed it repeatedly in fact you failed this course in your 200 level you have written that exam like five times right now an excellent spirit is coming upon you you will not cheat you will go and pass in the name of the lord jesus the lord is touching people on every side the impartation is coming upon you become a man of faith become a man of faith in the name of jesus i command every mountain before you to be removed i'm seeing somebody you are in abuja ah why am i seeing this again i think i saw something like this last week you are trying to sell a property and you've not been able to sell it this is a different person i make that property visible now in the name of the lord jesus receive grace to prosper in the name of the lord jesus most of you are stepping into another realm of prosperity in the name of the lord jesus not by power not by might but by his spirit you couldn't walk before please rise up and walk you are free you couldn't hear begin to hear you couldn't see begin to see growths are vanishing from people's body i'm seeing people god is working on people's organs 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 and i release the power of god for the healing of organs organs in the mighty name of the lord jesus thank you lord for grace organs are being exchanged right now you have an issue with your kidney organs are being worked upon healed in the name of jesus healed i'm seeing a woman you are 48 years old 48 years old you have a challenge with your kidney and your eyesight at the same time the lord is touching you and healing you now in the name of the lord jesus you are listening to me now you are wearing a, a, a glass you're working complexion you have pointed nose i can literally see your figure you are healed in the name of jesus ah i rebuke the spirit of death you have dodged three accidents in the last seven days yes three accidents in the last seven days the spirit of death is over you you have had that dream you are being chased in your dream with a dagger right now i curse the spirit of death you will dream again and you find yourself chasing your adversary and the plague has ended now in the name of jesus Ark. That is, I'm seeing somebody with a spirit of heaviness. Your whole body is pain and aching right now. So heavy. Healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you, Lord. You are healed. I'm seeing somebody, the spirit of heaviness is upon you. You feel pain all over your body and heavy. Your eyes are even punching like somebody who have overslept. Your eyes are budging and they are reddish. I curse that garment of heaviness. Burn off. You are a lady. You are fine complexion. I can see you right now. You are about 30, 34, 35 years old. You are going to your late 30s. See it now. And prevented you from getting married. I curse it in the name of Jesus. Free. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, give it somebody. You are pile, and it's been a pain. That pile is 
and cause over 15 years you are healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Go ahead and go ahead and check yourself. Present it on the screen. If you are ready, send in your money. I'm rounding up. I'm rounding up. I don't want this broadcast to be more than an hour, 30 minutes. But check, check, check. Check yourself quickly. Check yourself quickly. Can you give me a screen? The Lord has touched you. Send your testimony. Very few testimonies. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Already? Yes, what do you have? I think that my word of knowledge. The last seven days, three accidents. That spirit of death leaves you right now. Abraham from Ghana. That spirit of death is gone in the name of Jesus. No more accidents. No more accidents in the name of Jesus. Many people have been touched by the power of God. When you get up from the influence of the power of God, you will discover that the growth is gone. You will discover you are healed. Some of you may even need to go and run a test. Organ, organ impressions are being healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are up, if you are recovered, send in your testimonies. Say, God, start turning around for good and they are forever in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Combine them quickly, 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 quickly. They are out of time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I saw God healing somebody's knee. Who saw Alex start healing this? Jesus. God healed of a mental condition. And said, as I round up very quickly. Yes, give me what's that? What did the Lord do? Is the boy healed? The boy is healed because I saw, I say, I see a woman. Your son is with you with a mental condition. The is coming from Sister Vision Woods on YouTube. That he is perfected in the name of the Lord Jesus. We refuse that that destiny is taken away in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ah, ah, yeah. So, what you do is put your testimonies together. Send them to us. Send them to us on on this platform. 
either on YouTube or on Facebook. Write out your you can do a short video clip. Short video clip. I'll give you a number now. You can send it to that number on WhatsApp. So we share the testimony because God has come to visit the circumstances of people. Many destinies are about to be turned around, many crises are about to be changed. Family wickedness, household wickedness, family witchcraft. I'm dealing with next week as I deal with the principles of faith. God will change the spirits of men. Yes, any other testimony? Favor, you've been taking medicine, acidic stomach, you have been healed. Glory to Jesus. There are many healings taking place. Many healings. Your healings together. Take this number down. You want a video clip? What God has done for you. We would like to, to, to receive it and share it as a testimony. There's a healing revival about to break out, and I'm going to be praying for people next week to begin to minister to the sick everywhere. Because it's breaking forth on every side and we are taking every platform, every territory for the Lord Jesus Christ. Plus 234-80-3220-1096. Write it on the dashboard for them very quickly, admin. Take that testimony. Send us your healing on WhatsApp. Send us your testimony on WhatsApp. You can send us a short video clip. We want to see what God has done for you. To encourage the faith of others. Because if I teach you the principle of faith, you will see that when people testify, healings are replicated. Circumstances are transformed. I'm oh look at I'm seeing somebody. You are trying to buy a land for a business, but you've not have the money to compete. You are somewhere around out, southern of Nigeria, you are trying to buy a land. And as I'm saying it now. Other people are in the same place because I sense this energy going to trying to procure a land for a that's been a burden in your heart. You are saving, but it's not working. Receive the grace to procure it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you are here, any chance to receive the grace, buyers are coming and they will buy it with a very appreciated value in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You will. God is gifted upon you. give you peace. Go, prosper in all you do. This week, and as you enter into the next week that begins tomorrow, it shall be the best week this year. Most of you will receive testimonies. You receive financial testimonies. Now we call you from far and wide and we favor you. The money you are trusting God for will come. The land will come. You are healed of pie. You are healed of pie. I receive it strongly again in my spirit. I perfect that healing by the spirit and I say it is permanent. Send in your testimony. We'll take all of it and we'll share it to encourage God. Thank you. The Lord bless you. Thank you for your time. The Lord bless you. Cause his face to shine upon you in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
number is, is on the dashboard. If you want to reach us for any reason at all, that number is a valid number to reach. In your testimonies, make sure you please send it testimony the spirit. We are not stopping. We're going to be from glory to glory. Next week, Thursday again by 8 p.m. I will be here live and direct by the spirit of the Lord to change and to turn your circumstances around in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're dealing I'll be dealing with household witchcraft. I'll be dealing with household evil that have dealt with many families. There are many families that the plague of death has been upon. Four years, five years, three, four persons have died, and it looks as if it's on end. The Lord will deal with those matters in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you. I love you. God bless you.